And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play by play coming to you live on this very warm. No, just kidding. It's freezing here in Southeast Louisiana. Hope everybody's enjoying their Tuesday, staying warm. I like the cold weather. I like being all bundled up. I know my broadcast partner here, Coach Brian Colley, is not as big of a fan, but we are nice and warm here in the studio. Hope everybody's staying safe and staying warm, all that good stuff. We got a fun show coming your way. In the next segment of the show, we're going to go to the boys basketball coach of one of the best teams in the area, the Vanderbilt Terriers. They're led by Coach Leon Veal. We'll have him on to talk about um, some things he is seeing with his team. They're currently sitting at number four in the state in the boys basketball power ratings for Division II select with a 16-3 and record. We'll have Leon Veal on to talk about his team in the next segment of the show. At noon. Looking forward to this. We've got Nichols men's basketball coach, Coach Leon Veal, who will be joining us. Uh, not Leon Veal. What am I saying? Nichols men's basketball coach, Tavon Sadler, will be joining us. Leon didn't get the promotion I just promotion. yet. promotion. Yeah, Leon didn't get the promotion just yet. I'm reading the wrong name off my list here. Nichols men's basketball coach, Tavon Sadler, my apologies, will be joining us at noon, uh, fresh off of what was a thrilling win for the Colonels last night against New Orleans. Um such a fun basketball game. Uh, the Colonels rally back from 17 down with 11 minutes to go and get a huge conference win. And Brian and I will talk about that a little later in the show. Big, big, big win for the Colonels. And we look forward to having Coach Sadler on to uh, talk about that victory. Um, and then, of course, we'll talk about, who man, just the Eagles imploding last night, the Bills getting a win, and then some of the things happening there. And uh, Jim Harbaugh is doing some interesting things. He's flirting with the NFL, but he's also flirting with Michigan. And he has um, given Michigan a very interesting contract request, which we will talk about a little bit later on in the show. Uh, last night, scoreboard really was was dry, man. A lot of games got washed out. There were a lot of games that played, but locally a lot of games were, were kind of snowed in. On the girls' basketball side, we did have CCA get a 51-9 to win over Grand Isle. So Covenant Christian goes on the road, takes care of business, and gets Grand Nile. I'm going to read you a lot of these games. A lot of these games are non-local, um, but that's okay because we did have some big premier matchups because during the day, look, daytime basketball was okay yesterday. It was warm and everything like that. We did have a lot of like MLK special tournament type things. We had a lot of daytime basketball yesterday. Zachary gets a 58-49 to win over Ponchatoula. There's a big one there. Walker stays undefeated on the season, getting a 56-39 win over Santa Mott. Walker's incredible, man. They're, they're so good. Midland, a Class B school. I would love to watch. If I go to the top 28 for the girls this year, I'm going to make it a point to watch Midland play. They got so many great wins. They're a Class B school. They beat up on Scotlandville yesterday, 62-44. to That's a Class B over a 5A school. Um, and Midland puts it on him by, by 18 yesterday. Really good win. Bruley defeated Salmon 52-34. to These are girls' basketball scores. Lafayette Christian. Again, Lafayette Christian, one of the best teams in the state, beat a Class B Oak Hill school 72-68 to yesterday. What's going on in Class B? My goodness, so much talent. Good win for Lafayette Christian over Oak Hill. Bruley defeats Salmon yesterday. 52 to 34, good win for them. Warren Easton defeats Ben Franklin 50 to 19, good win for Easton. Uh, Central Catholic and South Terrebonne, I don't think got a chance to play, and that kind of wraps up our girls' scoreboard. Now we go to the boys. Again, the one local score, Covenant Christian Academy, got a 65 to 44 win over Grandal out on the island. We had Troy Jackson on yesterday, good on his team, uh, getting a big win there. 
St. Thomas Moore, 78, and Karen Crow, 56. A good win for St. Thomas Moore over Karen Crow. Uh, out in the New Orleans MLK uh, Day uh, event, you got Carr getting a 45-37 to 37 win over Scotlandville. Great win for Edna Carr yesterday over a very good Scotlandville team that's always in the top 28. Carver gets a 67-63 to 63 win over St. Augustine. I imagine there were some athletes on the floor there. That must have been a great showcase of local talent, uh, our metro inner city talent. Warren Easton gets a 57-49 to 49 win over Ben Franklin. Good win for them. Uh, St. James, oh, there you go. There's a local game. St. James falls to East Iberville last night on the road, 60-44. to 44. Good win for East Iberville. Uh, South Plaque and Tara, no score reported. Central Catholic and South Lafouche canceled. So, yeah, that light scoreboard is going to be even lighter tomorrow. Just about everything is canceled today, with the exception of Covenant Christian and Homa Christian are going to still try to play their boy-girl doubleheader at Nichols State University. The girls are scheduled to tip at 6. The men are scheduled to tip after. Assuming there's no road closures or campus closures at Nichols State University, Troy Jackson alert us. They're trying to give it a go. Uh, so hopefully we get an opportunity to at least get one local game in today over at Nichols. Yeah, you look, you think the um, the frozen roads and all uh, this afternoon should be done with with because uh, the rain won't be there. Yep. The, the no wet conditions, yeah, the water. So uh, hopefully they can uh, get those games in. But man, it's gonna be brutally cold and. Uh, We'll see. I know a lot of uh, a lot of schools are canceling because uh, the travel concerns, which is yeah. uh, you can understand. Yeah, it, it, it's gonna. I mean, they're at the mercy of Nichols. If Nichols keeps the campus open, they'll likely be able to play. If not, then you know they're gonna probably have to. Not probably. They're gonna have to to lock things down. Um, in this segment, wanted to give everybody an update on where our local teams sit with a light scoreboard. Where our local teams sit, it's look. It's power rating time now. You get to January 16, you got to pay attention. It is power rating time. Uh, I got a score here, actually, from Coach Case, who just informed us that. Oh, they played. They won last night. Yes, 79-45. to 45, They beat Hanson Memorial. So uh, very much appreciate him for that score. Uh, so, uh, Central Catholic gets a good win yesterday. That, that's part of the reason why the, the Tarpon game was, was canceled. I think they had a district game they had yeah. to play. There you go. So on the girls' basketball side, Division One non-select. Everybody's chasing Walker, who's twenty-five and zero. They're, I mean, they're ridiculously good. But we do have some local contingent who are scheduled right now to be playing some home playoff games. You got Destrehan sitting at number twelve, Hanville sitting at number thirteen. They're both comfortably inside of the so- the top sixteen right now. Then we've got some teams that are fighting to get in. East St. John has hit the uh, the skids a little bit. They're twenty-fifth. They're trying to hang on. Thibodeau, 27. South Lafouche, 28. Remember, only 28 teams get in. So if the playoffs started today, South Lafouche would be the very last team to make the postseason. Uh, Every game matters for them coming home. They are favored to win a lot of these games coming home. So the Lady Tarpons, I think, are in a pretty good spot. Central Lafouche is playing better. HF Bourgeois is playing better. But they got a long way to go sitting at 35 and 36. Terrebonne and South Terrebonne near the bottom. They're not going to be going to the playoffs this year. Division 2, non-select. We've got uh, on the girls, Lutcher, who if the playoffs started today, they would be at home in the opening round. They've got the number 16 seed right now with 11 victories. They would be the only local team in that bracket who would make the postseason. Assumption's been a little bit of a disappointment this year. Sitting at 7-9, and nine, they're 34th. Ellen, they're at 5-15, and 15, they're 35th. Those teams both have a big old climb. Morgan City sitting near the bottom as well. 
Doesn't look like it'll be a postseason year for any of those teams. Division three non-select St. James is holding it down with the number eight seed right now. They're comfortably in, comfortably in a position to be at home in the opening round. Got Berwick with a 14 and five record. They're sitting at number 19 right now. Berwick looks like they're going to be playoff bound. And then we got Patterson sitting at number 30. Eh, they got some work to do. They're not that far away from it, but they've got some work to do to try to get into that top 28. Division two select. The Vanderbilt Terriers are currently the number two team in the state. But how about this? There is a seven-point difference <laughs> between they and number one Lafayette Christian. For those not familiar with the PowerPoint, rating, uh, PowerPoint system, a seven-point difference is like you being on the beach in Grand Isle and someone else being in Thibodeau. That is a huge gap. Lafayette Christian is going to be the number one seed. It's just a matter of whether or not Vanderbilt could hang on to the number two seed. E.D. White is currently number five in that bracket. So we've got the Cardinals and the Terriers who are both comfortably in. Comfortable going to be at home in the opening round and maybe even for a couple of rounds. Good to see those teams holding it down. Division three select. Home of Christian School. If the playoffs started today, they would be in and they would be at home in the opening round. They're 6-1. and one. They're the number 12 seed doing a wonderful job holding it down uh, and trying to punch another ticket into the playoffs. We move to Division Four select. We could tell you that Central Catholic of Morgan City is sitting at number six right now with a seven and seven record. But they're you say, well, how could you be number six with a seven and seven record? Well, they play up every damn game and they earn a bunch of power points doing that. CCA is currently sitting at number twenty-one with a ten and seven record. Remember, these private school brackets only allow twenty-four in, so CCA at twenty-one is kind of on the bubble there. So that's where our local girls basketball teams sit. Now we shift to the boys. Division one non-select. Zachary's currently the number one team in the state. Imagine if they wouldn't have recruited Tredez Green and would have him in the lineup. They'd be even stronger. HL Bourgeois is the top local team, number eight team in the state with a 15 and seven record. A couple spots behind them, number 11, Hanville, who's playing well, comfortably would be at home if the playoffs started today. East St. John has some work to do to try to get into that top 16. They're sitting at number 17 right now. Then you got Terrebonne at number 20, Central Lafouche at number 21. And towards the bottom, you got some local teams that probably are not going to be postseason bound. That would be Thibodeau at 37, South Lafouche at 40, South Terrebonne at 42, and Destrehan at 43. It's not looking like a playoff year for any of those teams. Division two, non-select. We have uh, a couple of teams that are fighting. Lutcher sitting at number 21, pretty comfortably in that that uh, that top 28 right now. So they're in a good spot to potentially make the playoffs. They're trying to improve themselves and maybe get a couple of better seeds. Then we got some teams that are on the bubble. Morgan City's number 31 right now with a six and 11 record. Ellender's number 33 with a seven and 13 record. Cornell Scott came on the radio last week and said, "Hey man, look, that's our goal. We want to make the playoffs. We want to try to give these kids an experience." Um, they've got some work to do. And then assumption at the bottom at 43rd is not going to get in. Division three, non-select. Patterson, the Jacks, how about this? With an 8-12 and 12 record, they're sitting number seven in the power rankings. And that, again, that's just a testament to the strength of their schedule and the, the hard work that they have done to put themselves in that spot. St. James right on the cut line. They're sitting at 28th right now. If the playoffs started, they would be the last team in. Not looking like a playoff year for Berwick, who's sitting at number 37. We go to the Division II select side. As we told you a second ago, Leon Veal and the Vanderbilt Terriers are 16-3. and They're number four overall in the state in that classification, playing some really good basketball with a 16-3 and record. E.D. White on the bubble. They're 10-9. and They're sitting at 24th right now. They're desperately trying to hang on. For them, they just got to start playing better. They had a great start to the year, and they've been really been struggling since then. 
Division three select. We have Homa Christian School there sitting at 23rd with an 8-6 and six record. They've got a chance to win their district, which obviously would put them in, but they're also trying to hold on and stay in that top 24 with an 8-6 and six record. A big old win against South Lavouche helped out that ranking on Friday. In Division Four select, we've got Central Catholic of Morgan City, who's sitting at number seven in the Division Four uh, select power rankings with a 9-6 and six record. They're starting to play some good ball. They flipped that record around. Remember, it was a slow start to the year. They're now a couple of games above 500. And we got CCA. The Lions would be at home in the opening round if the playoffs started today, sitting at number 14. So, partner, it is that time of the year where us crazy basketball fans start doing math and figuring out scores. And, like, early in the year, we were just looking at it just, you know, to fill time. Now it's actually starting to matter. You could actually start to fill out some of the stuff and, and plug some of the pieces together. Um, for those who are outside of that top 28 or top 24, it's go time. For those who are in that top 16, it's go time to try to stay there. This is the final stretch run, man. we got about a month or so left, and, and we've got some really, really big games coming up with big playoff implications. Yeah, I look in Division Two, Lutcher at 21 with a 9 and 11 record. Their, their district, they're going to have to win in district. Not the, They don't have to win district. But they're going to have to win some district games. Can't lose to any of those two and three win teams. And yeah, they're going to have to win those district games to try to stay afloat. Um, man, we, we still got some teams that haven't lost yet. Brulee undefeated 17 and 0. Um, you know, you go to Division II, select with Vanderbilt and them. Lafayette Christian 18 0. Buckeye 21 and 0. Like, it's crazy to think that we've got some teams that don't have any blemishes at all, even still yet this late in the season. That's unbelievable work. That is. I mean, you can get 17, 20 wins without losing. That, yeah. That's big time. That, that is very big time. Look, let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to have Leon Veal on the line. His Vanderbilt Terriers are maybe the hottest team in our area. They're 16-3 and three overall. Let me count them. They've won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row, including a win a couple days ago against a very good Franklin opponent. So, Coach Veal, coming up out of this break, it's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. 
Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard, your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and sea casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather, and our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh yeah, New Canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1920. Six Airline Drive in Metairie. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Hope everybody's enjoying this cold and frigid Monday. We make a trip out to Vanderbilt Catholic and we have their boys. It's Tuesday, not Monday. My apologies. Um, hope everybody's enjoying their start to the day. And it's cold weather. You, I'm all over the place, frozen? bro. I'm all over the place. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Vanderbilt boys basketball coach, Coach Leon Veal on the line. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are we doing today? Good morning, guys. How you, how you guys doing? Good, man. Look, we were just talking about your team in the last segment. You guys have won seven games in a row, 16-3. and three. And more important than the win streak is the quality of the opponents in the win streak. You beat a very good Catholic of New Iberia team, St. Thomas Aquinas, Bonneville, St. Martin, St. Charles, Franklin. These are all playoff-bound teams, and you guys were able to knock them off. Is it safe to say you guys are playing as well as you have all year? I think we're playing well right now. I think that uh, a lot of guys on the team are starting to find that role. Uh, as a team, we're starting to find our, our identity. And we're starting to play a little bit better as a team. Uh some games like uh, last Saturday against Franklin, uh, it was a slow game. Um, you know, we like to play up tempo a little bit, but uh, we was able to grind it out, grind it out, and in the fourth quarter, kind of took that lead and played a little defense and and, and just held on to the lead. So, uh, you know, I think we we getting a lot of different type of tests from different teams, and and it's showing starting to show uh, in, in in how we're playing right now. You guys tentatively have one scheduled tomorrow in the city against Country Day. As best as you know, are you guys still going to be trying to play that one? No, just talked to uh, Coach this morning. We're going to push it to Thursday. Okay. Uh, JV and Varsity, and uh, it, 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 it should be a great game. Yeah, no, I agree with that there, and I think that's a wise decision. Better to be safe than sorry. Um, look, man. You guys are on that roll. One thing that I noticed, look, we talk about your offense, but you have not allowed more than 50 points in any game but one during your win streak. It looks like your defense is coming around, my man. Yeah, we're we starting to really buy in. You know, a lot, a lot of kids, you know, you know this area with the, the offensive mentality, but they're starting to buy in. They're starting to see, like, uh, three or four or five games this year, we won based on our defense by holding teams under 50, 50 points and shooting a low percentage. And, uh, you know, and, and I think they really saw it against the bottom game. It, that was just a, a dog fight. You know, it wasn't going to be a high-scoring game. It was going to be that grind to the end. So, you know, that, I think that's our key is just to kind of switch it up on defense and, and, and try to, try to like I tell them, keep your man in front of them, you know. So, um, I, and, and I think we're doing a good job right now. Got so many weapons, Coach, you know, from Matthews and Josiah Johnson and then all 30 of the Coleman's that it feels like you guys have. Like, so many different weapons. How do you and, – and, but the thing that, that's so impressive is that, like, I don't ever see any struggle for who's going to get the next shot. I don't see anybody trying to get theirs. Like, with such a talented group, how do you get them to understand, hey, if one of you scores, we all score. Because you guys don't seem to have any chemistry issues at all, despite the depth of talent that you have on the roster. 
That's, that's just uh, what the uh, coach and I, we preach, and, and the kids bought it from day one. You know, they know some days once Jordan may be hot or Jaden or, or uh, Josiah, um, but it's, it's you know, everybody steps up, and, and we – you know, we all want to see each other win. You know, and and that's the that's the thing. We want to win. We want to get better. We, we got a common goal. And at the end of the day, if, if we don't have that common goal, if we're not playing as a team. You know, we're not going to reach that goal. So um, that's the thing. You know, uh, Jahari Coleman and Sam Kennard, my seniors, they kind of just stepped up and filled that role uh, and kind of getting everybody on board. Um, some guys that's been there since August, like Jaden and Jordan. Who kind of just know what we're trying to do? Um, so it kind of j- it's a trickling effect. Once once one person do well, you know we, we want to see him succeed. Uh, Terrell Nixon, number eleven, he had a good game Friday, uh, Saturday against Franklin. Um, others are starting to step up, so we just it's just a trickling effect. We want to see everybody do well. Man, how important is is practice to you guys to to getting your kids better? Because look, man, you guys have eight, nine, ten guys that could all play at a high level. I would imagine your practices are probably really intense, man. Not very many teams in the area could do that, but most of the time, the drop off between the first and the second unit is very noticeable, and it's hard to get quality work. You guys are not in that situation, bro. You could go five on five, and everybody's gonna be getting pushed, and I think that's a big luxury your team has. Oh yeah, it, 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 it's days when it's a battle in there. It's some days I just sit back and just kind of just let them figure it out, you know, because they're going to they're going to they're going to test each other. They're going to play their hardest because as they, we preach, you know, I, I'm I'm going to get you better, you know, and that's what they're doing. They're going at each other's neck, you know. It, it's a, it's a battle, and and any given second, I can say, hey, flip your jersey over, go go gold or go white or whatever, and they know, like, all right. All right, now it's time to play. You know, like I don't, I try not to put the starters, starters together all the time, but they, 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 they love the battle. They love to compete. Uh, yesterday, uh, we had a shoot around, and just shooting around, everything was competition. You know, like let's see who can make five in a row, who can make six in a row. You know, so that's what we do. We try to compete as much as possible. Oh, that's wonderful, man. Look, I, I know you guys moved the Country Day game from tomorrow to Thursday. Are you guys still in line to play at Terrebonne? And, and if so, man, that's going to be a big old showcase of home of basketball. You beat them once close early in the year. Uh, is that game still on? And, and bro, that, that that should be a lot of fun for everybody involved. Yes, sir. Still, still on. We're going to have a. It's going to be a long day. We got the freshmen, JV, and varsity playing. Um, you know, I, I just love I just love home of basketball, man. I, I remember the days when when I played and when I was a little boy watching others play and how the gyms were packed. And that's what and I talked to a couple coaches around. That's what we're trying to get back. We're just trying to put a good product on the floor that the, the fans can appreciate it. You know, not and you know you could be a HL bourgeois guy, terrible guy, whatever. As long as you put a good product, you know people are going to respect it and, and come watch you play. So. Coach Brandon Brown, he's a he's a great friend. I've been knowing this guy for thirty years, man. So, you know, it's just gonna be it's, like I said, it's just gonna be another battle. You know, uh, Thursday's gonna be a battle, Mary uh, Park Country Day. Saturday is gonna be another battle with Terrebonne, and, and you know, some, a local rivalry with friends and all that good stuff. So, uh, I look forward to it, man. I'm excited. What, what what are the times of the three games out there on home of Saturday? Uh, five, six, and seven. We'll start the, the freshman at five, and uh, uh, I think it's five. So I'll text to make sure, but it was, yeah. I think we put it for five, six, and seven. I can I can text it up there. Yeah, yeah. Time. P- please do, man. We'll, we'll like to keep everybody updated. Look, um, 
you guys are in a good spot. 16 and 3 are playing some good ball. Uh, but looking at the schedule, man, there's no way to sugarcoat this. There are going to be some district games that are going to hurt you, even if you win them. Um, South Terrebonne doesn't have a tremendous amount of wins. Assumption is struggling. South Lafouche is struggling. A um, couple things. A, uh, there's a big push to maybe in the future get rid of districts. A, would you be in favor of that? And then B, in games that your team is going to be so heavily favored to win, how do you not allow the kids to create any bad habits in those types of games? Well, uh, I'm on that fence about the district because I, I think that district, you know, that's you know, you're playing locals that you really that you know that you grew up playing, and, it, and it's you know, got, you start rivalries. I'm kind of on that fence, you know. I still like to play the Ellenders and stuff like that. You know, we can probably schedule them in the regular season, but you know, that district, you you also still trying to play for something. That's kind of that jump start that you 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 got to get that first district championship, and you go and move on to the playoffs. But uh, as far as, you know, getting the kids up, uh, one of our models is stay hungry and humble. You know, uh, no matter who we put, put in front of, we're going to play the – we try to play the same way. Um, you know, and that's, and that's something that we've been talking about all year. Just It don't matter who plays, you know, they put their shorts on the same way as us. And, and if you don't stay hungry and humble, they can – somebody can probably knock you off if, you know, if you, you lose that humble mentality. So that's that's the main thing. Just getting out there, uh, playing hard, no matter who's in front of you, and, and, and going from there. There you go. Hey, thanks so much for the time. Congrats on the recent success. Keep it rolling, brother. Thank you. Y'all have a good day, guys. Yep. There's Coach Leon Veal doing a good job as always. Look, I'm trying to think of a way to say. Okay, let's say you are in Leon's shoes and you're coaching Vanderbilt. Your last month of the year, Morgan City, you'll be favored to win decisively. South Terrebonne, you'll be favored to win decisively. A Destrahan game that, frankly, probably is going to get canceled because they have zero wins. I don't know if they would even play that, but if they do, you're favored decisively. Ellender, you're a heavy favorite. Assumption, you're a heavy favorite. St. Martin, 14-4. and four. Hey, you're not going to be heavily favored there. Oh, but you beat them by 25 earlier this year, so you're probably heavily favored there. Then South Lafouche, it almost feels like Gonzaga in that they're going to have a whole month's worth of games that may be running time, 20, 30-plus point wins, how do you get them to you know, keep pushing, knowing that you're going to be going a certain speed, 30, uh, 35, 40 miles an hour the last month, then you got to get into the bracket and jump back up to going 70 again? I think he's got a good start to it. Stay hungry and humble. Um, I like that. And uh, look, uh, you got to show up every night and play. And um, if you look at it, honestly, their first-round game might be just like one of the district games. They, they, they should be heavily favored at home. And uh, you're going to be ready to go each and every night. And just looking at their schedule, I'm, I'm going by record-wise only. Mm-hmm. The better teams record-wise in the district, Lutcher, 9 and 11, but they have them at home. Morgan City, 6 and 11. They have them at home. South Terrell, only two wins. They got to travel. Ellender, seven wins. They have them at home. Assumption, zero wins. They travel. South Fouge, five wins. They travel. So the teams with the better records, they have at home. And it's hard to win there. Oh, they, they shoot the ball well in their gym. They get a good little student presence. It's hard to win there. So, yeah, if you look at a district schedule, it favors Vanderbilt, along with their talent. Okay, I'm not <laughs> – Oh, yeah. But um, 
everything's working in their favor right now. And you're right, they're going to have to be ready to play each and every night. You cannot take a night off and, and one of these teams come up and bite you. Yep, yep, no doubt. Got a big one Thursday against Country Day. I get the feeling a lot of those games that were moved from Tuesday to Wednesday are probably going to get moved from Wednesday to Thursday because I don't know that we're going to have a whole lot of school going on tomorrow uh, with the conditions. I don't know that the school systems are going to want to put the buses on the road tomorrow at 6.30, 7 o'clock, but we'll see. We'll and, play that. And, and another thing with the schools, uh, who busted pipes. There you go. That, that could happen. That very well could happen. So let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Coach Tavon Sadler. We're so super booked, to, uh, so super stoked to book him for today's show. The Colonels are 3-1 and one in Southland Conference play. Got a big win over New Orleans. Look forward to chatting with the ball coach in the next segment. We'll be right back after this. Terrio Douay and Terrio, more than just an insurance company. They're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin crews, or sailboats or marine industry, you can trust Terrio Douay and Terrio to get you the coverage you need at the price you deserve for your home, auto, life, fire, and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Danielle Plazons at 475-5126 or after hours at 696-1353. Terrio, Douay and Terrio. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. It's Mardi Gras time and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and 18 stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. We have Coach Tavon Sadler who will be joining us in just a second. We did get a hold of him during the commercial break. He said, hey, I'm finishing something up right now. Give me a couple minutes. So we'll have him on in just a second. Yesterday was a crazy night to be in Stouffer Gymnasium. And it's one of those rare nights where, like, at the end of the day as I'm driving home and realizing, like, man, what a blessing it is to be able to call these games on ESPN. Plus, uh, the Colonels get a big win um, over New Orleans, 78-75. to and um, they haven't lost back-to-back -back home games in like five or six seasons. They lost to Lamar on Saturday. Looked like they were going to lose to New Orleans last night. They're down 17 with 11 minutes left. And Nichols changes to a pressure defense, starts forcing turnovers, starts getting into transition. Uh, Jamal West ran wild at 23.7 rebounds, 10 of 14 shooting. Robert Brown was 8 of 13 with 
18 points, including a huge poster slam, uh, slam dunk. Um, this was a big one for both teams, right? Everybody's chasing McNeese, and there's not a whole lot of margin for error at home, knowing that the Colonels have three straight road games coming up. At home, you had to have this one, and they found a way down the stretch. Big old win for Coach Sadler and his team. Yeah, you know, I watched that game and a couple uh, things uh, that I noticed. The, the pressure defense that the Colonels turned up down 17 in the second half uh, changed the outcome of that game. Uh, they did not let – is it uh, – Johnson. Johnson. I mean, <laughs> they, they dogged him the yeah. entire game. He, he couldn't get open for shots, and he kind of looked a little frustrated. He made some good passes now for the privateers. Uh, and scored in the half court. But uh, I think the biggest thing is when the Colonels were down, they got away from shooting the three ball, and they started scoring on the inside. And they made a big three at the end, toward the end. But I think um, a big part of it was stop shooting the three, and they started attacking the rim. Yeah, for sure, man. You, you, uh, you, you have such a paint weapon in Jamal West who – like for a lot of the game, the the offense was give the ball to Jamal West behind the three point line on the wing, and just have him back down all the way to the goal and get into the paint. Uh, he's a special player. He's only a junior. Robert Brown's only a junior. It's a team with some bright, uh, very very bright days ahead for New Orleans. They're going to be kicking themselves if we had Sless on today. I'm sure the first thing he would tell us. We were 10 of 23 from the free throw line. They left 13 points at the line. They committed just one turnover in the first half, committed nine in the second half. Most of those nine probably came in the final 10 minutes of the game. It's one that they let slip through the cracks yesterday. And uh, It was a fun environment. There were a lot of people at Stouffer last night. The students are kind of slowly getting back after winter break. Um, Long road trip coming up, uh, but when they get back to Stouffer, hopefully those big crowds continue because this is a team that's very exciting to watch. And look, scoring on the inside wasn't an easy task because UNO had a couple of big bodies in there that I thought would make it a difficult, but uh, it wasn't. No doubt. Uh, so let's see. We're going to go, I think, to the phone lines now and have Coach Sadler on the line. Coach, good morning, buddy. How we doing? Good morning, man. How are you? Good, good. Doing really well, man. We were just talking about the big matchup yesterday. You guys play New Orleans in Stouffer Gymnasium, get a big emotional hard-fought win, battle back from 17 points down in the second half. Oh, you got to be so proud of your team, man. They competed until the end and got a very gutsy conference win yesterday. Yeah, man, we started we started the game off really strong. Um, credit to New Orleans. They made they made uh, some great adjustments in the first half and closed the first half very strong. Um, came out the first, came out the second half about the, for, for the first 10 minutes and we're still playing at a really, really high level. I was proud of the way our guys fought back. I'd say about the last nine, nine and a half, nine nineteen, I would say. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, we were just talking up your post player, West, down there. He was a mule last night. 10 of 14, 23 points, seven rebounds, four assists. When they doubled him, he was passing it out to shooters. Jamal West had a big old night last night for the Colonels. And most importantly, Coach, he stayed out of foul trouble. Yeah, I think that was the most important thing, just him staying out of foul trouble. Um, Jamal's a very unique player. Um, I play a lot of chess. So I call him like a queen. I call him a queen. You know, on the chessboard, the queen can do so many different things and move at all different angles. Um, when Jamal's being double teamed, he's a he's an unselfish passer, so he's always looking to pass. Um, and if you don't double team him, I mean, it's just hard to guard him. He's a load. Um, he did a great job, not only distributing for his teammates but also calling his own number i gotta get him i gotta get him out of turning the ball over early but other than that i was really proud of him 
Coach, this was your third comeback win from double digits down in the second half. Your boys just don't quit. They, they keep pushing, they keep fighting, and they're never out of the game because they just refuse to stop working hard, man. Yeah, I mean, that, I think we're battle tested. I think that's going to be important come March. Um, like you just said, this is the third one. I would love to stay out of those situations. You know, it's not <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> it's not good for my health. But I, I do think we're battle tested. I think those games that help us um, late in March, and I think it's a credit and to our schedule that we played earlier in the year. We played the ninth hardest schedule in the country. And the reason I do that is um, I always preach to the guys, you got to choose your heart. Anything worth having is going to be hard. I'm a believer in – I'm a believer in um, – picking out hard on the front end. Jordan Johnson for them is a great player. You guys were hounding him last night, had defenders all over and two and three sets of eyeballs following him, and you mostly were able to contain him. He had 14 points, four of nine shooting. Frankly, most of the offense that he got was off of steals and runouts. In the half court, your defense on Johnson last night was incredible. I mean, Jordan Johnson's a really, really, really unique player. Um, 40 points a game before, 38 points two games prior. I think he's the third leading scorer in the country. Um, scored it at a high, high rate last year. Um, and so I just knew we had to we had to give him different looks. But a guy who scores the ball at that high of a level, you can't just throw him one look. And I was proud of the guys for locking into the scouting report and um, just not getting frustrated. We talked about shots were going to go in just because of the way we wanted to guard. Shots were going to go in, but staying true to our scouting report and just trusting each other throughout the whole thing. Coach, you're the youngest Division One coach. A lot has been made of that. Um, what have you learned so far in this year, man? Because you took a big leap, and you know you're getting this first opportunity. Things are going well. You're three and one. But what are some of the things that you've learned in this season now that you have your own program to run? I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say something I learned. I mean, I've always known it. Um, every day is a different challenge, but you always have to be up for a challenge. You know, no day is easy. Um, some days are easier than others, but I wouldn't say any day is easy. Um, the biggest thing I just say is time management from a personal standpoint. You know, um, I wear so many different hard hats, so just being able to manage my time and, and um, make sure I'm taking care of myself, but also make, make sure I'm taking care of the guys. For sure. That's a great answer, man. And Brian and I on this show have talked at length over the last couple of weeks. We love the fact that you guys are trying to be an active member of the community. That's something that I think in the last couple of years had gone away a little bit. But last night you got the Thibodeau Express who are coming out and watching the game and you're welcoming them and you know getting them to get pictures at halftime or whatever. Um, I see members of your staff at the high school gyms. Like Nichols basketball is trying to actively be a part of its community, and I think that that's a wonderful thing. Tell us about that philosophy. Um, I think that starts with my father just being transparent. My father was an AAU coach. We were always in the community. That's just the way I grew up. Um, I played at Nichols State. I love Thibodeau. I love the community. I played here, won a championship, had the pleasure of working here, being one of the youngest doubles in the country, won a championship. So the community has always embraced me. I just want to make sure I give to them what they give to me. Um, and there's so many wonderful people in town. So for us, that's a privilege that we get to do it. You know, uh, We spent a lot of time at the local middle schools last week. Um, I had a great relationship with the Thibodeau Express coaches, one of my – one of my dobos actually used to coach with Thibodeau Express, so it's just good being in the community. And I'm a believer that it's always bigger than us. You know, it's bigger than you, it's bigger than me. Once you uh, once you realize that, I think special things happen. Look, man, it was so important for you guys to get off to a strong start in Southland because you had three of the first four at home. So you go three and one. 
Now it's entering a grind. You guys are going to have three straight games out in Texas beginning Saturday against Corpus, Monday against UIW, then the following Saturday at Commerce. Um, how do you guys take that energy and that momentum onto the road, man? It's going to be tough. Winning on the road in this conference is difficult. You guys have done it once this year. How do you keep it moving forward now? I mean, I think winning on the road, I think winning any game in college basketball is hard. I think winning on the road is just magnified. Um, I'm coming from the University of Maryland in the Big Ten last year where you've seen teams barely go on the road and win. So just having a different mindset, a different focus. Um, as you say, in the first road game we played Houston Christian, they went into overtime. I just always preach to the guys it's going to take what it's going to take. I think we played three overtime games this year, I want yep. to say. Yep. And so just understanding that we're going in for a 40-minute fight, it may take 45, it may take 50, or like when we played South Alabama, it took 55 minutes. Um, just just being just being down for the cause and realizing that whatever it takes, it's going to take, and then it, it's all about being victorious and staying unified. Put me in your shoes last night. It's a one-point game there in front. You guys get the steal. Robert Brown goes in transition and just goes nuts. Uh, you know, posterizing someone at the rim. That had to be such a surge of adrenaline, man. What was going through your mind? Did you did you know he was going to go up to try to dunk it? And then after it went through, like, oh, my goodness, what were you thinking? Hey, so Rob Brown is funny. Rob Brown is so athletic that he never shows it in the game. And so <laughs> – I would say I was surprised. I would say I was surprised. I've seen Rob do that numerous times at practice. But one thing we always preach in our program is, like, under the last two medias, we try not to give up no three-pointers. We try not to give up no offensive rebounds. We try not to give up no dunks. Obviously, it doesn't always happen that way. But those three type of plays are big momentum plays. And sometimes when it's a big momentum swing like that, it's just not enough time in the game to change that around, you know. So, Rob doing that with two minutes in the game, like that's a big momentum play. But me being the coach, and all I was thinking about, we got to get stop. Like <laughs> it's still two points at the end of the day, you know. But it, it was exciting. Um, I see he's number nine on ESPN, so I love that. I'm all for the program getting recognized. My kids work hard. I love keeping those guys in the spotlight. But my mindset was like, dude, we got to get a stop. Like we got to get a stop, you know. No doubt. Look, I, I never asked you this question. I'm curious to hear your answer. Today's day and age, the recruiting landscape has changed. A lot of the players that are coming into programs are players with college experience that are entering via the portal. But obviously, there's a new crop every year of high school players. So your recruiting philosophy, is it going to be kind of a mix of the portal and high school? Is it going to be more portal heavy? Give us a rundown of what some things Coach Sadler's looking for in future Colonels. Um, first and foremost, I'm looking for stand-up gentlemen, you know, um, I'm big on, like you said, the community. So people who want to get out in the community and realize it's bigger than them. We're always looking for talent. Um, I don't really think freshmen are transfers. I think people who uh, who resemble me, so just toughness, um, want to do it together, hard working, you know, good background, little uh, tenacious to them, you know. But I can't say I'm gonna take X amount of high school, X amount of transfers. Um, I will say moving forward, we will keep bringing the best product to Thibodeau that we can, and I think the future is very bright. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with you there, man. Before we let you go, what are some things you're going to have to do well? Corpus is a tough place to play. What are some areas you guys are working on in practice to be ready for that challenge? I think the main thing for us, um, I tell the team all the time, when we're locked in and we're who we are, I think we could beat anyone in the country, and I'm not just saying that. I think we got to focus on just finishing the possessions. We do a heck of a job guarding and making people miss. You know, um, some areas I think we struggle at right now is just getting a defensive rebound, you know. So 
I think that's the, 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 the most important thing to me. I play so I understand if a team don't score, you don't have to always have a great shooting night. Basketball is a miss or make game, so sometimes the ball will go in, sometimes it won't, you know, but you always hang your hard hat on the defensive and the toughness, you know. Yeah, for sure. Look, very well said. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for the time. It's been a pleasure covering the team throughout the course of the year, and we're going to do this again soon, okay? All right, thank you, man. Yep, that was Coach Sadler with Nichols State University doing a good job. Again, they got a big one last night. Like That dude's like 27, 28 years old. He coaches like he would be in his 40s or his 50s, like he's very experienced. Now, there are some mistakes, right? They kind of misinterpreted a rule last night on an inbounds play late in the game. But the thing that's so impressive is that his guys never panic. They never quit. They have fallen behind three times by double digits, came back and won, including last night. With a young staff, you wouldn't expect that. But these guys are playing for their coach right now, and uh, it's really, really fun to see. Yeah, a team takes the philosophy sometimes that are their head coach, and they overcome so much. Uh, Lamar game, they overcame a sideline out-of-bounds violation. Yep. Then uh, it when it. They did not win the game, right? But they forced overtime after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't score the next possession. They gave it up on last night. They gave you a chance on an inbound to uh, to tie the game. Possibly they overcame that. They overcame a seventeen point deficit in the second half. Uh, they just it clicked uh, when they were down in the second half. Something changed, and uh, on defense, and they just started putting more pressure. And uh, Coach Saller doesn't give up. You watch him on the bench. Uh, from start to finish, uh, he's the same. He's going to be uh, uh, high energy on the bench, and I think his uh, his players take that onto the court. You know, it's, uh, I, I often imagine this. All right, so he's like 28, 29 years or whatever he is. He probably still could play at a very high level. I got to imagine, like, mentally for him, that's got to be so difficult to not be out there doing it, but be trying to get others to be motivated to do it at such a young age. It's just such an, he says, a chess guy. Um, it's such an interesting chess match there mentally of how he's got to approach those situations. Uh, who knows? At practice, he might. This is how it's done. <laughs> get some buckets. Get his and shoes, practice. yeah, and, uh, and shows them exactly how he wants it done. No doubt. So they get a big win. They stay hot. They're 3-1 and one in the Southland. Yesterday, Lamar had a uh, first-place opportunity against McNeese. McNeese put it on him. McNeese is going to be the team to beat. But, as Jack Benjamin reminded me yesterday in the Southland Conference Tournament, you only got to beat them once. You just got to figure out a way to try to get them out of there. Uh, but it is a very fun conference to follow this season. No doubt about that. Well, are, But does the, the top team still get two buys? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's, yeah, that's... It's looking like they're in great shape to get those two buys. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk about some NFL playoffs. Boy, my Cowboys got let off the hook a little bit yesterday because the Eagles performed even worse than what they did. We'll talk about that in the next segment. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galveano. 
Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa wants you to join them for the start of something new sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Your business deserves the highest quality internet connection and phone service. Rev Business offers you the best at a great price. Delivered on an all-fiber network and backed by our local support teams who have been going that extra mile for 85 years. Rev Business wants to show you the power of hosted phone service and Metro E, direct connections between your locations. For a limited time, get three months free. Some restrictions may apply. Visit us at letsrev.biz. Rev Business. Medicaid members, keep your coverage. Update your address, email address, and cell phone number to receive information regarding your benefits. Act now. If you get a letter from Louisiana Medicaid, read it and respond as soon as possible. For more information or to update your info, call the number on your insurance card or visit healthy.la.gov. That's healthy.la.gov. Remember to update all required information before Medicaid deadlines so you don't lose your coverage. Well, well, is there not a more appropriate bumper song to get us into this segment? I promised you that we would talk about the NFL in this segment, but we're going to maybe go in a different direction than what we otherwise would have because we have breaking news. Uh, Seven minutes ago, Ian Rappaport reported that the New Orleans Saints have fired offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael. Uh, This will be the first season since 2009 that Carmichael will not be the offensive coordinator in New Orleans. Um He was the offensive coordinator for several of the best offenses in the NFL during his tenure. A lot of folks kind of give Sean for that, some credit for that too. Um, Since Breeze has retired, the Saints offense has never been the same. And Dennis Allen will now be in the market for a new offensive coordinator. Um, Dennis Allen, to his credit, and as much as we kick on him here, he never wanted Carmichael as his offensive coordinator. They tried everything that they could to get someone else involved there never were able to make it happen um so knowing that it'll be interesting to see what direction the offense goes in the future maybe this clears a path for John Gruden to be the offensive coordinator like has been rumored but either way change is a coming because there will be no more Pete Carmichael in New Orleans as the offensive coordinator well look he had no option to he had to get to fire him they're just now the question is, where does Pete Carmichael end up? Denver. Or Dallas? Because your point that you made yesterday, yeah. I can see that happening. And for those who didn't listen, I, I, I speculated that Dallas may try to call Denver and trade for Sean Payton. So, But if not, definitely. He, he's going with Sean Payton, I, I would think. So, so what, um, what do the Saints need to do better? on offense. Um, Derek Carr ended the year really strong. What Was he just injured at the beginning, or was it a schematic thing? Like I know that there are a lot of geniuses on Twitter that say that the Saints are last in the NFL and using motion, and they don't do anything to deceive, and I think at times they don't run the ball enough. What are some things you're hoping to see from the next play caller in New Orleans working under Dennis Allen? Oh, from a play caller, I think um, 
And this goes back even when Sean Payton established the run, trying, but to run the football a little more to open things up for your quarterback. But uh, you need an offensive line that's going to block. Because yeah. look, the last several years, even when Sean Payton was there, they, they never ran the ball exceptionally well. A few times, like uh, end of a game, a couple of games, I remember that he just pounded and, and ran, ran it down the defense's throat. But I think establish the run a little bit more. And um, if if it's third and eight, get a, at least an eight nine yard route <laughs> instead of throwing it one or two yards and hoping they make somebody miss. So let me ask you this: If you are a thirty five, thirty six year old up and coming offensive coordinator or like quarterbacks coach, like a not a coordinator but like a an assistant coach on the offensive side who has aspirations to maybe being a head coach someday, would you take this job? Because no. I, th- there you go. No. Because I truly believe that for a coordinator, especially on the offensive side, to move up, you've got to attach yourself to a successful quarterback. Joe Brady's doing it right now in Buffalo. Joe Brady's going to be a head coach soon because they're seeing what he's doing with Josh Allen. If Joe Brady were the coordinator of say the Panthers, which is where he got fired from and didn't have a quarterback, it wasn't working out. It has nothing to do with the fact that Joe Brady got smarter or dumber based on his situation. It was the quarterback that was not able to execute the offense. It's going to be difficult for them to get somebody with options because if your options are some of the places that might become available here, why would you go to New Orleans and attach yourself to Derek Carr and Dennis Allen? Yeah, and the organization needs to fix that locker room first. Because I think more and more reports are coming out. It was pretty bad. It, it, uh, just the lack of respect. And I mean, they showed you that at the end, what they did. It's just lack of respect. He had no. He doesn't have that locker room. He doesn't have that team pulling in the same direction. It's uh, and and you, I mean, look, Carr. What changed with Carr? Maybe he was a little more healthy. But you're gonna play someone that's not healthy. You got a backup. If if Winston couldn't get in the game because Carr was injured, your your best option was to play Carr at fifty percent. Yeah, uh, you need to get rid of him. So you'd be pleased to know that the biggest loser on the Saints team, Michael Thomas, has already tweeted his thoughts. Michael Thomas has been off of social media since the last time he said something Problem. stupid on social media. But one hour ago, Michael Thomas tweeted, people who accept mediocrity don't like high achievers, and high achievers don't like people who accept mediocrity. If you're going to talk about setting the bar, you must be willing willing to hold the bar. Here's the thing, Mike. To hold the bar? Here's the thing, Mike. If you tried to pick up the bar, you would break both wrists and would be out for three years. The Saints need to get this loser off of their team now. Like, right now. Because when he first got hurt, oh, two to three weeks, it's not season ending. Six weeks later, he didn't play again. He's not productive enough to deal with the nonsense anymore. And now you got to always be looking at his Twitter and his Instagram to see what type of cryptic message he's making and on and on. The biggest help to the new offensive coordinator, cut that cancer out of the locker room. Get rid of that. Bye-bye, Michael Thomas. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. The Saints need to cut him from their roster. 
Yeah, but the, the Saints, I, I think he might stay because the Saints got rid of well, Carmichael, then an offensive assistant and the wide receivers coach. Ugh. Get rid of the wide receiver. Get rid of the wide receiver. He's not reliable, man. You can't count on him to give you anything on Sundays anymore. This is not seven years ago when he was catching 150 passes a year. Don't need to be hearing your thoughts about mediocrity on Twitter. How about instead of making a Twitter headline, you score a touchdown, bro, because that's something that you didn't do a whole lot of this past year. Um, How long do you think it's going to take before Gruden is named? So you think that's who it's going to be? Yeah. I, I mean, I would think. Hmm. If if it is Gruden, you met with him last week, apparently, so it could potentially be pretty quick. Um. But I don't know. That's a good question. We'll see what direction they go. I would I would think Gruden would be the leader in the clubhouse. Um, but that brings up another question, right? A lot of Saints fans that I've seen are, are excited about the idea of bringing in John Gruden. And yeah, Derek Carr did have some pretty good stats with Oakland slash Las Vegas, but they also never made the playoffs either. So do you really want to become the Las Vegas Saints or the New Orleans Raiders, however you want to break it down? I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, good point. And uh, that's when you reach. I would take. I would take that over what we've seen this year. Yeah, yeah. And and look, by the way, Carmichael is the final offensive coach from the Sean Payton regime to um, to be let go or move out from the franchise. So Dennis Allen is pretty much one of the only restaurants from the Payton area uh, era, and um, he's trying to make some moves. He's trying to make it right. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to talk about the NFL playoffs, which we intended to do in this segment, but then got the the breaking news alert. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Get ready, Greater New Orleans area. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show is coming for two big days only this weekend at the Alario Center in West Wego. Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 till 5 on Sunday. Come to the Alario Center in West. We go to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the big one. Sure as shooting. Don't miss it. What's up? This is Casey Just Claire, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. 
State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community. At State Bank, now 70 years strong. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. We have our second round playoff matchups now all set after finishing the wild card round yesterday. We had a doubleheader. It was supposed to be a single header, but the snow in Buffalo changed that. We had the Buffalo Bills getting a 31-17 win over the Steelers. And then in the nightcap, Tampa Bay just blasting Philadelphia 32-9. to More about that in just a second. Let's start with Buffalo. Um, it was not a snow game in terms of they weren't playing in the snow, but there was still so much snow in the bleachers and everything. And every time anybody did anything, you could see the snowballs flying through the air. Um, the Bills did what they needed to do. They are much better than Pittsburgh. They were a 10-point favorite. They're at home. They did what they needed to do. Josh Allen was spectacular, 21 of 30, 203 through the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And then he ran for a 52-yard touchdown getting into the open field. It's crazy to watch a dude 6'5", 240, runs like a damn tight end. He's hard to bring down. And for me, it's this simple. And I guess I'm stating the obvious here, but if Josh Allen avoids those big, costly turnovers that he's known to commit, I don't think anybody's beating the Bills, man. I think that if Allen could play clean football, you look at some of the weapons that they have, Dalton Kincaid, Stephon Diggs, and you know uh, Dawson Knox. Like They've got some dudes. They're running the ball better with James Cook now. Joe Brady has sparked some life into that offense. They're hosting Kansas City this weekend in what should be a showdown. Those teams have become big rivals because they play in the playoffs every year. This time the Bills finally get them at home. If Allen avoids the self-destructive plays, I think the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. They have been playing elite for the last month or so, and it's hard for me to envision someone knocking them out if they don't beat themselves by putting the ball in the other team's hands. Yeah, it, along those same lines, ball control offense, um, long drives. You got a quarterback who's just a weapon back there. Where, Animal. Yeah, yeah, strong and um, – I just don't know if they can do it consistently to get to win the Super Bowl three more games. Yep, got to win guess. three more. I don't know if they can do it for three straight games, but uh, I would expect them to beat Kansas City. I think that they're going to beat the Chiefs too. Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game, which I think is an, an incredible stat. Uh, let's see the Vegas line on that game. Let's see. how They're going Bills two and a half, so the Bills are a slight favorite at home over Kansas City. In what has become an annual rivalry game, these two teams play one another. It feels like in the playoffs every year, Mahomes and company, excuse me, have gotten the better of them in the in the last couple go rounds. But this time, you got to go to Orchard Park. 
Those people are different. Did you see the videos yesterday of the people jumping off of the snow hills, through yeah. the tables on fire? And Bills fans are psychos, man. They are absolutely insane. Um, that's going to be a wild environment Sunday at 530 out in Buffalo. Oh, man, I hope that it's cold, and I hope those fans are in rare form. Look, you have to be an idiot jumping off of whatever you jump off of, landing, landing on a table that is on fire. Yes. But you also have to be an idiot to film it. Yes. Encourage your buddies <laughs> and, and, to do that. Then you hear, he's on fire. Put it out. Well, no kidding. <laughs> Put him out. Put it out. Oh, mercy. I, um, I love the Bills because of how nuts their fan base is. Every other fan base is mostly civil. You know, we go to the games, we tailgate, we drink a little bit, we cut up, we root for our team. It's like a cult over there, man. They're putting people through, slamming them through tables like WWE. As we said a minute ago, the tables are on fire. Um, And then the crazy part is that I saw an image yesterday. It was actually yesterday when I was doing the show. Uh, At like 11.45-ish, that stadium was not ready. The fans went and shoveled the snow out of the stadium on their own to get the stadium ready for 3.30. They got paid 20 bucks an hour to do it. But, man, it was, was kind of neat to see, like, the whole community came together and allowed this game to happen. I like that little football family that Buffalo has. They're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, and there's always one in the crowd who's going to take his shirt off and slide down. Yeah, nothing mm-hmm. like getting pneumonia, right? Uh- <laughs> yeah, I wonder what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, you weren't the only one who gave blood today. Potham uh, yeah. might have had him as well. Uh, yesterday, the more surprising result to me no. was Tampa Bay just blowing out Philadelphia, 32-9. to Baker Mayfield had a big day, 22 of 36, 337 through the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He becomes one of just like a couple of dudes in NFL history to win playoff games with multiple teams. He won a playoff game with Cleveland. Now he wins one with Tampa. But as much as I would love to say, oh, hoorah, Tampa, hey, go Tampa, I think the more prevalent story here is that the Eagles in the last month of the season just quit. Um, they, they, I don't know if it's boycotting the coach. Don't know if Sirianni is going to be back. But, boy, it takes a lot for me to use that four-letter Q word the Eagles quit. They they gave up. They they were not playing hard at the end of the season. Their defense was absolutely terrible, letting Baker Mayfield carve them up. Jalen Hurts didn't have that same pizzazz. He wasn't running the ball yesterday, only one carry. Um, they've got a decision to make there in their front office because something happened in the last month or month and a half. Don't know exactly what it is, but, boy, they better figure it out quick because that's a team – that looked like they had no business even being in the playoffs last night, especially given the way they ended their regular season. The Eagles fell off of a cliff in the last month, man. Watching that game, I fully expected after by noon today, which now the Eagles coach will be gone. There, there's no excuse. The collapse that they had, I, I don't think just removing – uh, a coordinator or di- is going to fix it. They they have problems, and they need to address it. And I I, I thought for sure that coach was going to be history. We we saw AJ Brown have issues with Jalen Hurts in the back end of the season. Last night we saw Dallas Goddard have issues with Jalen Hurts on the sideline. Like their sideline looks broken. Their coaching staff doesn't look engaged. 
their defense is terrible. They give up 30-plus points every single week. Um, we mentioned this earlier in the year whenever they were winning. We kept saying, like, man, something's, something's off. They were 5-0. and They were, like, 10-1 and or whatever, and we were saying to them, hey, man, like, something just don't look right. Sure enough, they end the season losing six of their final seven games. The only win was a close game against the Giants. Um, we talk about Dallas and some of the things that they may or may not be doing in the next couple of days. I don't think that the Cowboys gave up on Mike McCarthy. I think they just played a poor game against Green Bay. I do think that the Eagles gave up on Nick Sirianni, and it'll be very interesting to see um, what happens now in Philly. Yeah, look, it was uh... – I think it's worse. Yeah, you're right. It's worse than what the Cowboys did. So That organization is, is bad. So let me ask you this, and I saw this posted on social media um, actually this morning. Would you rather, if you're, let's say, Bill Belichick, would you rather be the next coach of the Falcons knowing that you don't have as much expectations and you have an owner that's going to be willing to sign blank checks and let you do whatever and you're going to have control of the organization? Or would you rather go to Philly or Dallas where the owner's going to be a little more involved, but next year you could realistically win the Super Bowl? If you're Belichick, which of those three options would you rather? Not Dallas because their owner's a nut. There's no way. I think the Eagles are a total mess. I, I would go to Atlanta. I would go to Atlanta for a couple reasons. A, because I think they're well, not far away. B, the rest of the division sucks. Yep. <laughs> who in who in the South can we definitively say right now, 100% certain has a bright future? I don't think anybody. Carolina doesn't have a quarterback. Tampa was about as good as they're going to be this year. They were 9-8. and eight. The Saints are getting older and still have Carr and still have, I think, a bad head coach. Wow, I would go to Atlanta. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Young roster, I, I would go in. There. I hope he don't, but I would definitely go in and work for Arthur Blank. Um, divisional round, we got Baltimore and Houston on Saturday at three thirty. We got Green Bay and San Francisco Saturday at seven fifteen. Tampa Bay and Detroit two o'clock on Sunday. Kansas City and Buffalo five thirty on Sunday. That Houston Baltimore game will be on ABC and ESPN. Green Bay and San Francisco on Fox. Uh, Tampa and Detroit on NBC, Kansas City and Buffalo on CBS. Um, no Peacock. No Peacock this go-round. Are the Packers for real? Like the last no, couple no. weeks, their offense has been good. Do you, do you give them a shot against San Francisco Saturday? I don't. Nope. Vegas doesn't either. The 49ers are a big favorite. Now, on the flip side to that, the Ravens are a big favorite against Houston. Do you think that they could work some magic on the road? You give C.J. Stroud a shot to get hot, maybe go and beat Lamar out there in Baltimore? I don't think so. Let me get you the lines for all these games. Um, that's got a um, – The Ravens are a nine-point nine nine? favorite wow. against Houston. Uh, yeah, they're a big, big favorite against Houston. Um, let's see. I'll pull up my FanDuel app here. Get everybody involved. Um, I believe – well, we already told you that the um, – the Bills are a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Chiefs. The Lions are a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Tampa. And the 49ers are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against Green Bay. And if my tweets would be loading, I had another song to play for you, a Dallas song, which I'm sure oh, you heard. Um, I'm glad your tweets aren't working. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a stat yesterday. Let me see if I could find it here. Um, I saw a stat. 
it was about the Saints and about how tough the Saints had played close games. I can't find. Oh no, 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 mind. It wasn't about the Saints at all. Sorry, I, I, I'm brain fart. I saw this stat yesterday. It's completely shifting topics. It was about Alabama. I'm going to give you the stat, then we'll catch a break. We'll talk about Harbaugh and some different stuff. Um, from 2008 to 2023, Alabama has lost just one game to a team ranked outside of the AP Top 20. That is nine games better than the next best team, which was Ohio State, who lost 10 such games. Georgia has lost 17 such games. That is an amazing stat. The fact that for 15, 16 years, Alabama only lost a game that they were supposed to win one time. That's unbelievable consistency. And it's little things like that that I think put DeBoer under so much pressure going into that job, especially when he said at his introductory press conference, oh, Nick always has an open door. He could come and visit the team whenever he wants it. One loss to a team outside of the top 20 in 16 years. And that's when you're getting everybody's best shot every game. That stat blew my mind. That's unbelievable consistency. Yeah, it's amazing. And look, the board's got some pieces in place. And uh, the playing field's pretty much getting level. Uh, Alabama's still going to compete, but we'll... Uh, compete in a 12 win season. We it's not we, we need to change the the transfer portal rules, man. Um because right now they of course you mentioned it earlier in the, in the week or maybe last week. Um Alabama players could transfer right now. They they got a 30-day yeah, window and they're stuck. But but they can't get anybody else to replace those players. I mean, I guess they could in the spring when the next window opens, but that's not that's not fair. That's not a that's not a righteous rule. That's something that's very poorly thought out. Where right now, Coach DeBoer is having to aggressively recruit his own locker room, knowing that hey, if I lose five, ten guys to the portal, I can't replace them until months later. That sucks. That's that's not a it's not a very well thought out rule by the NCAA. Yeah. So would you? Hmm. Coach, don't announce your retirement till. But Make, then it makes you wonder, yeah. But then you can't get the coach, possibly. Yeah, that, that that's, that's yeah, it's stuck. It's that, stuck. That's crummy. We, we've got to fix that. That that's that's not fair. Um, not Travis Kelsey, not 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 Taylor's man, but brother Jason Kelsey told teammates that he's retiring after last night's game. He was emotional. Hall of Famer. Oh yes, absolutely Hall of Famer. Um, six-time All-Pro, future Hall of Famer. Um, no longer going to be with the team, it looks like. Um, look, we talk so much about Travis, but he's also a Hall of Famer, and he's kind of more of a celebrity because he scores touchdowns while his brother's just blocking. Jason Kelsey's one hell of a player. Yes, he is. That makes the Eagles a worse team if he's not going to be part of them in the future. That's um, that's a brutal one for, for, for the Philly. He's beloved out there, and he's had an unbelievable career. Big, big loss. And if uh, you don't believe it, go watch some – film and just watch him it's amazing yeah amazing as an offensive lineman still playing at such a high level let's catch our final break when we get back harbaugh is negotiating with the nfl but he's also negotiating with the michigan wolverines let me tell you some things that he's trying to get put in his next college contract it's play-by-play we'll be right back after this 
Performance Automotive and Accessories is your stop for lifts, rims, tires, and all your mechanical and maintenance needs. Our in-house mechanics are ready to keep you rolling. Before you buy tires and rims online, let us put a package together for you. We have alignment and tire equipment to do the job right. Call us first. Performance Automotive and Accessories, 985-798-RIMS. That's 985-798-7467. Again, 985-798-7467. It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and 18 stall restroom trailers. From everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors, have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Mardi Gras 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! The other day, someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around Cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call the local experts at Terminex, and those bayou boys will be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those bayou boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough. One more segment to go, and then I'm going home and doing nothing the rest of the day. We don't have any games or anything. I'm going to be playing video games and staying warm and taking the rest of the afternoon off. Um, It's play-by-play. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We want to thank Coach Leon Veal for his time and also Coach Tavon Sadler for his time. Look forward to having Coach Sadler on again in the future and also Coach Justin Payne with the women's basketball team. We thank them. Look, they both are super appreciative of, of, of us having them on and covering their programs. Um, it's a great culture change, and we look forward to uh, being invested in Nichols in the future. Promised you this earlier in the show. Jim Harbaugh um, has met with the Los Angeles Chargers this week, um, and they are discussing maybe bringing Harbaugh in to be the team's next head coach. There's obvious reasons why you would want to be with the Chargers. Young, good quarterback, Justin Herbert. You're living in L.A., you know, great situation. But Harbaugh's not a lock to be out of the college game either because according to Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports, said that Harbaugh's continuing negotiating and communicating with Michigan, and he is seeking protection in his next Wolverine contract that would grant him immunity from being fired with cause from any finding or sanction that could arise from the multiple NCAA investigations into Michigan. So in the contract extension that Harbaugh would sign, Michigan would have to put a provision saying that they would commit to not firing him in the event that the NCAA drops the hammer so hard that firing him would be the only real option. Um, And it says that Harbaugh would be okay with 
Michigan paying out the rest of his contract if they fired him for cause, but he wants to protect himself from those situations. This is the same Jim Harbaugh who a week ago after winning the national championship was on the podium declaring his innocence. So Jim, if you didn't do anything wrong, why are you putting clauses in your contract telling Michigan that they can't fire you when the NCAA drops the hammer? Something don't add up there. (laughs) Um, Harbaugh is also expected to interview for other NFL jobs in the coming weeks before making his final decision. You have been an athletic director for a long time. If you're, and obviously it was a much smaller scale of the prep level, but if you were dealing with a highly successful coach who just won you a national championship under probably some shady circumstances, would you be willing to put in his next contract a get-out-of-jail-free card? Hey, no matter what they find, we're not going to fire you. Because to me, when I read that this is what Harbaugh is looking to get, what we're about to learn from the NCAA is probably some really, really bad and shady stuff. Um, now I'm excited to see what they did because if he wants that clause in there, he knows that the, some skeletons are about to come out of that closet that are going to be rotten and they're going to smell like duty. I am very curious now how this Michigan situation goes, and I'm even more curious to see if the title-starved Michigan athletic program and their athletic director that have been wanting so desperately to win a championship, are they going to sell out and tie their future down to this guy knowing that the NCAA's wrath is about to fall upon them? I wouldn't offer him a contract at all, much less put what he wants in it. That is crazy. Yeah, look, just you can't fire me. He wants but immunity. I'm, but I'm innocent. <laughs> wants immunity. From what, Jim? You didn't do anything <laughs> yeah. wrong. What do you need immunity for, man? Uh, because he was still cheating. That's that's unbelievable to me. Um, do you think Michigan's going to give it to him? They didn't fire him yet, so it obviously they're— It wouldn't surprise me, yeah. would not surprise me. <laughs> Man, oh, it's amazing. And, and by all accounts, if Michigan would be willing to do this, he would probably stay there. Like, according to folks in the know about Harbaugh's thinking process, he doesn't necessarily want to go to the NFL because he wants to be in the NFL. He's just looking for a place to not be in coaching prison, right? He doesn't want to be at a program that's on probation and have a show clause and not be able to go and recruit and that's the thing. It's like, okay, let's say Michigan gives him this immunity that he's seeking. What happens if the NCAA says, all right, Harbaugh, you got a two-year show clause. You can't recruit for two years. How the hell are they going to run their program? So, yeah. okay, so, then, so then they would fire him because that'd be the only thing that they could do. But then even with a four-cost termination, they would still have to pay him. You can't make that deal yeah. if you're Michigan. You can't no. sign this dude to a $100 million 10-year contract knowing that he's going to have the right to remain silent and he's going to be handcuffed for half of the contract and you're still going to have to pay him. That would be malpractice. They can't give him that. <laughs> you wouldn't think. Oh, goodness gracious, man. And, and we'll see. And Apparently, when, when they're going to win another cha- uh, national championship. It's going to be a while there in the yeah. trouble. Uh, it's going to be a little while. and He needs to just go. Got cheated. He so, so cheated, let, got caught. <laughs> let me ask you this. If you're an NFL general manager, 
knowing that he got in trouble at the college ranks, would you be nervous or, hey, it's pro, it's a completely different sport, we don't care what you did there? How would you approach that? I would be more nervous now with the, the what he just told Michigan. If I get fired, I, you can't do nothing to me. Dude. It, I wouldn't want him. I, it, it, it's, it's absolutely crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Um, but we'll see. As, as the world turns, as they say, it's like a soap opera out there. We'll see how it ends up turning out. Mike Tomlin um, is asking for a new deal reportedly in Pittsburgh, and ownership is a little nervous to give it to him. If he does part ways with the Steelers, do you think that he catapults himself and becomes the best available coach? Dude's never had a losing season. Would you rather he, Harbaugh, Belichick, or Vrabel? Assume let, let's let's assume New Orleans is available. Which of those four would you prefer? Man, it's tough to go against Tomlin. He's never lost ever. It, you saw ever. His, his press conference yesterday. So he walked out. He walked out. So, asked about his contract. Boom. Later. Out of here. The New Orleans Pelicans continued to frustrate yesterday. Just a couple days after beating Dallas in a game that none of their starters, well, not none, but none of their key players played. Zion, Ingram, and McCollum were all out. They played the very same team just a couple days later with everybody available and lost. The Pelicans lost 125-120 to against New Orleans yesterday after beating them with their backups just a couple nights before. Luka Doncic was not in the lineup for Dallas, but Dallas still scored 125 points. Pelicans did what the Pelicans do. They blew a lead in the fourth quarter, lost that quarter 33-21. to Kyrie Irving had 42 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 41 points, 9 made 3-pointers. Zion Williamson was good on the offensive end, but he missed some clutch free throws late. And how about this? He only had one rebound. Zion Williamson had one rebound last night. I don't. Not shocking. We're never going to get consistency out of this group, are we? It feels like every time we want to start to sink our teeth into it, they do this. They lose to a team that their backups had just beat a couple nights ago. Getting back with Harbor, I'm just reading this. If he he doesn't, if he signs the, an extension that Michigan's offering him, he doesn't want it to begin until February 15th. Because his current buyout is just one and a half million, mm-hmm. so he wants the low buyout figure to remain in place until the current NFL hiring cycle concludes. Hmm. This man just wants, wants, wants. Man. You're not that good. You, your team played six games without you and won all of them. Yeah, man. I, so, so he wants. He wants to not make a decision until February. Yeah. Are are the NFL teams going to wait two more weeks? And then imagine if he does leave, what what would that do to Michigan if they're having to find a new head coach in mid-February? That's that's not ideal. Michigan (laughs) offered him $11.5 million. A year. Oh, yeah. A year. Oh, yeah. Look, they (laughs) – that's why I lean towards saying they're going to give him that that provision that he's looking for because they've already offered him a huge deal. They've already offered him a huge deal. He wants the big money, and you can't fire me whenever I get thrown in NCAA jail. Trying to have his cake and trying to eat it too. Don't know that that's going to work. Um, 
But if they offer him the big deal, maybe they'll give him that provision too. Because I guess after February 15, his buyout is going to go a lot higher. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Oh, man. This dude. Yeah, he's he's all over the place, man. And, and look, he's got some NFL options. I think that he would actually do well in the NFL. Heck, he led a team to the Super Bowl in the NFL. Um, we'll see as that, that, that carousel continues to spin. We'll wrap things up today. We're going to get our mailbag tomorrow. We're going to get Turtle tomorrow. And hopefully we'll be, we'll be a little warmer tomorrow, though it doesn't look like that'll actually be the case. Thanks for listening to Play by Play. Thanks to Coach Sadler. Thanks to Coach Veal. Y'all stay warm. And look, please stay safe on those roads. God bless. Love you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Play by Play. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.